If you have your Bibles, go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Stand for the reading of the word. The next stand will be on you. Amen. Amen. I can't wait for second service. Oh, yeah, If you free me, oh, God. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17. If you, if you find it on the screen, just stand as we read God's word together. We started a series last week, Sunday. If you didn't listen to it, it's still on YouTube. Um, I hope the audio is good enough. In Christ, realities. Tell your neighbor, I am in Christ. Oh, come on. Tell your neighbor, I am in Christ. I don't know about you. Tell the neighbor one more time, I am in Christ. I am in Christ. I'm not in debt. I am in Christ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I am in Christ. Can you say that one more time to your neighbor? I am in Christ. Woo! Let's read the scripture together. One, can we read together in concert? One, two, three, go. Therefore, if any man be in, come on, you, I know you're wearing your mask, but I, I think you can be a little bit louder than that. Can we sing, can we, can we do this one more time? One, two, three, go. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature all things are passed away. Behold, all things are... One more time. Let's read it one more time. One, one, two, three, go. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. The second installment of my series, In Christ Reality. Bow your head for a word of prayer. Father, we thank you for the anointing to teach and preach in this building. Throw your weight in this place. Cause the eyes of the people's understanding to be open. Give the preacher nimbleness of mind, strength, and I just thought, give your people understanding. Do your bidding in this service. Let your name be glorified. Break through, hijack the service, make it your service. In Jesus' much less name, and everybody said, Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. The term in Christ is very powerful because it is the signature and the brand, the logo of the epistles. So in the epistles, you find in Christ reality as the signature, the sign of the epistles. He talked about the finished work on the cross of Calvary and how Christ is exalted and the believer now becomes a recipient because of identification, substitution, and propitiation. Identification means I identify with him if he won, therefore, I have won. Come on. Oh, you know what identification is? How many of you are Manchester United fans or you're Arsenal fans? So, you, you know, you didn't play the match. You were not involved. But once they win, you say, ah, we won. That is by identification. So you identify because if he won on the cross of Calvary, that means I won already. So touch your neighbor. Say, I am a winner because Christ won the battle for me. That is identification. Substitution is he took my place and gave me his place. That means we, there was an exchange. Those of you who watch football, you understand that change is not this. Um, substitution and exchange are not necessarily the same. Substitution means that the footballer in the field has to get out of the field for someone else to come play in the field. That is divine substitution. So what Christ did on the cross of Calvary, he became seen for me that I might be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So if you find the epistles, you find the reality in Christ in Christ. So therefore, you are not a sinner in spite of what you did last night or last week because Christ became sin that you might be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor for me, I am righteous. 
Can I say this to you? Righteousness is not a feeling. Righteousness is a revelation. I'm righteous. Righteousness is not what I do or do not do. It's the product of the substitution that Christ did on the cross of Calvary for me. It therefore lends credence to the fact that as you see the signature, the brand, and the logo of the pieces, the reality you have in Christ will become more manifest in your life. Once you see in the scriptures and in your pieces what Christ has done for you, that reality becomes manifest and becomes obvious in your life. Can I say this to believers who brag a lot about their sufferings, especially those of us who are Nigerians. We, we brag, I have suffered. Suffering is not a currency in the realm of the spirit. Suffering is not a currency in heaven. The only suffering you can brag about is the suffering of Jesus on the cross of Calvary. So what you can brag about is he suffered for me so that I would not suffer in life. He was wounded for my transgressions. He was bruised for my iniquities. The chastisement of my peace was upon him and with his stripes, with his beating, with his suffering I am healed. So you never brag about your suffering to God. I know some of you when you want to pray, say, Father, you know that I have suffered. Lord, you know that I am suffered. That is the wrong way to pray. The best way to pray is, Father, you know that Christ has suffered for me. Did I help somebody this morning? You never come to God with your suffering or your own righteousness because your suffering doesn't count. No, your suffering doesn't count. It is his suffering that counts. So some of you always cry, Father, you know that I have suffered. Father, you know that I have waited. No, 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 no. What you have to do by faith, Father, I know that Jesus suffered for me. So I'm not supposed to be suffering in life. So your suffering is not a currency in the realm of the spirit. It is his suffering on the cross that you present to the Father that becomes a currency in the realm of the spirit. The accurate revelation of the scripture, which is the epistles, conditions the mind of the believer in the direction of his right and privileges in Christ. I'll say that again. The accurate revelation of the scriptures, which is the epistles, conditions the mind of the believer to see his rights and his privileges in Christ. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is, this is important. So in Christ, the accurate definition of the believer is in Christ. In Christ. So it conditions your mind. What I'm trying to say to you, once you understand what Christ has done for you, you would have boldness to take what he has done for you. Have I told you about my story about Yusuf? Uh, Yusuf was my mother's driver. One of those days, still in Unilag as a student, my mom was traveling for two weeks and I said to mom, I, you know, I just need to use the car. Um, for a while and you know he, she was a mother figure to me I was staying with her at the time she said to me no 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 I, I can't drop my car with you and I begged I said mommy but you are going to travel for two weeks this car is just going to be packed here it doesn't make sense she said no 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 problem she traveled but while she traveled she told the Yusuf driver and said when you get back home tell Flourish he can use the car for the next two weeks whilst I'm not around just tell him to maintain the car no accident no incident fill the car and put it back in good state Yusuf got back home and I was sleeping, Yusuf didn't wake me up, Yusuf went on leave for two weeks. In two weeks, I kept walking past the car, abusing and angry with my mother that, can you, this woman is just wicked. This doesn't make sense. Ah, this, 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 what's this car doing here? And then she comes back and says, ah, the car's not even warm. What were you doing for the last two weeks? I said, ah, she, you said nobody should drive your car. I said, what well, I told Yusuf, oh God, I don't know that for giving Yusuf entirely and totally till this day because I did Molue, I did jump the 
bus. I went on the bike, not knowing that there was a car reserved for me that I do not know. The Bible says my people perish for lack of knowledge, not lack of prayer, not lack of deliverance, lack of knowledge. What I'm trying to say to you, every time you focus on the epistles, which is the true revelation of the scriptures, it channels your mind to see everything Christ has already done for you. This reorganizes and reengineers your prayer point. So you're not praying about some things. So I don't pray, Father, open the heavens over me because I already know from the epistles that the heavens are opened all over me. The reason I don't do certain things is because I know who I am in Christ and I know who Christ is to me. The reason I don't even pray and sing certain songs is because I have an understanding that I'm already filled with the fullness of God in Christ Jesus. So the epistles gives you the right direction and puts the believer in the right perspective. The epistles tells you that the value of the believer is Christ in you. The impact of the believer is the Christ that they see. I'll say that again. The value of the believer is Christ in you. The impact of the believer is the Christ that they see. The problem with us is that we always mistake impact for value. Impact and value are not the same. So there are believers in this room like you and I who are really in Christ but we are not making impact because the impact of the believer is the Christ that they can see. But in spite of you making impact or not making impact, you are still valuable because you are in Christ and Christ is in you. And this value is not something you paid for. It's something that has been paid for you on the cross of Calvary. Look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor, I am valuable. Come on, one more time. Say, I am valuable. I may not be making impact like you want me to make impact, but my impact does not reduce my value. I am valuable. Can you preach to your neighbor one more time and tell them for me, I am valuable. So the value of the believer is not in his cause. The value of the believer is not in his job. The value of the believer is not on his clothes. The value of the believer is not in his connections. The value of the believer is not in his address. The value of the believer is not in his wealth. The value of the believer is in Christ. Because stuff don't define you as the believer. It is Christ that, that defines you as a believer. Oh God, this is the reason why the gospel in Nigeria has been so Nigerian lies and explained that to you. So we preach to people in church. Come to Jesus and you have a brand new car. Come to Jesus and you have a million dollars. Come to Jesus and you have the breakthrough. My question to those kind of Nigerian gospel would be if you show up in Beverly Hills, California with a man who has 10 million pounds to his name and uh, you know 10 mil billion pounds and he has Ferraris and Range Rovers what are you then going to preach to him? Because you have made your gospel come to Jesus and have this. Can I say this to you. Jesus is not a means to an end. Jesus is the end of discussion. So you don't come to Jesus to get stuff. You come to Jesus to get life. In him was life and the life was the light of man. John 10.10, 10, the thief cometh not but to steal, to kill and to destroy. I am come. I am not coming. I'm not about to come. I have not come. I am come that you may have life and that you may have it more abundantly. So the value of the believer changes when he come to Jesus because like I said to you some weeks ago every man has a price the price of the believer is the blood of Jesus oh 
Every man has a price. But the price of the believer is the blood of Jesus. Luke chapter 12 verse 15. Luke chapter 12 verse 15 explains to us that materialism is not an expression or an explanation or a manifestation of a life of faith. Because what you think is that if I have money, it means I have faith. If I can change my car, that means I have faith. If I can change my house, that means I have faith. Materialism is not an expression of faith. Can we read the scripture? He says, and he said, Jesus speaking unto them, take heed and beware of the covetous for no, for a man's life consisted not of the abundance of the things which he possessed. So your life is not a function of the things you possess. The value of your life is the function of the revelation of who you are in Christ Jesus. This is what makes the poor man in church look very rich. And the rich man in church feels like my money is useless without Jesus. Because Jesus is one size fits all. So we don't preach materialism. Come to Jesus and he will give you this. Because what Jesus gives is beyond money and stuff. Jesus gives life. Touch your neighbor, say life. That means if you don't have Jesus, you are dead. You are a dead man walking and jogging on a Sunday morning. So in Christ is the accurate definition of the believer. We explained this last week. But in Christ, the scripture we just read, 2 Corinthians 5 verse 17, expresses to me in, in a unique way the very love of God. The love of God. I'm so glad that the Bible did not say, if any rich man be in Christ. I'm so glad that it did not say, if any elite be in Christ. I'm so glad that it he didn't say if anybody with a good voice like Stocky and Uncle Sammy be in Christ, there will be no room and no hope for me and you. I'm so glad he didn't say if the upright man be in Christ. I'm so glad that he didn't say if the well behaved be in Christ. I'm so glad that he didn't say if the virgin ladies in church be in Christ. I'm so glad I didn't say if the rich people who live in Nikoi be in Christ. But the Bible says if any man if any man be in Christ I'm so glad that the love of God knows no boundaries I'm so glad that his acceptance sees no imperfection I'm so glad that his grace is unending I'm so glad that his love is unchanging I'm so glad that his mercies are new every morning I'm so glad that he's not a respecter of persons I'm so glad that he says if any man be in Christ. I don't care who you are. You were formerly a drug addict or a fornicator prostitute. You slept to people's husband. Did crazy stuff. You were a militant. Maybe like Falatai. You were in court. Maybe like your other brother who mentioned on Friday. Um, but the Bible says if you are in Christ, if any man, any man, any man, look at your neighbor and say, are you any man? Are you any man? He says if any man comes to Christ, he is not a renovation. He is not an upgraded version. He's not a refurbishment. He is new creation. All things are passed away. Look at your neighbor. Tell your neighbor, I 
know you know my past, but he's past. <laughs> That's why it's called past. I know you know my past, but he's past. That's why it's called past. The Bible says, if any man be in Christ, he's new creature. Look at your neighbor. Tell your neighbor for me, I'm not a renovation. I'm not an upgraded version. I am new creation. I'm not a refurbishment. Because the Bible says, if any man in Christ. He is the new creator. All things are passed away. Behold all things are now new. In Christ's reality. Can I reiterate some of the points? I started yesterday. I feel the anointing of the Lord in this room. Powerful. Why don't you feel the anointing after Sammy and Stocky is in this room? I prophesy to you that you've been healed already. Not here. Let me try my guys. Sorry. I prophesy that you have been healed already. Hey, I'm I decree that when you leave here, the things that you came with, and you will drop them in this place because you have been healed already. Look at your neighbor. Tell your neighbor for me. I'm healed. I'm redeemed. I'm transformed. I'm changed because I am in Christ. Woo! And I gave you some points last week. I gave you two. I'm going to continue just reiterating. First, if any man be in Christ, there is no condemnation. Look at your neighbor. Say, I am not condemned. Woo! One more time. Tell your neighbor, I am not condemned. Yeah, 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 yeah. Romans chapter 8 verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation. Look at your neighbor. Say, I am not condemned. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ. So what are the realities in Christ? Once you are in Christ, there is no condemnation. I know you saw me at the club and I was wondering what you were doing at the club too. Yeah, yeah. I know you have my doctor's report of the abortion. I was wondering how you got to know that kind of doctor too. Yeah, yeah. I know you have my pictures and my videos circulating on Instablog and Instagram and the same stuff about me. But can I tell you breaking news? In Christ there is no condemnation. Ah, yes, I know you have my tea. You can sip it for all I can and have a good time with my tea using the bread in your house. But guess what? In Christ, there is therefore now no condemnation. Look at your neighbor. Tell your neighbor for me, I am not condemned because I am in Christ. Uh, give me in the, the, the Passion Translation, Romans chapter 8, verse 1. The Passion Translation, I am in Christ. Uh, it says now, watch this, watch this, watch this. This is power. He says, so now the case is closed. So you have no case before me when you stand before God. So now the case is closed. There remains no accusing voice of condemnation against those who are joined in life union with Jesus, the anointed one. Tell your neighbor the case is closed. In Christ, there is no condemnation. Yes, yes. In Christ, there is no condemnation. The case is closed. What do you have in Christ? You are accepted and not condemned look at your neighbor say you are accepted because the truth is there is room for everyone at the cross yes 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 there's room for everyone at the cross look at your neighbor say you are accepted and not condemned can I show you the acceptance of God Matthew chapter 3 verse 17 let me show you the acceptance of God is not premised on performance let me show you the act. The acceptance of God is not premised on performance. Antirume, this is Jesus' baptism, Matthew chapter 3. And lo, the voice from heaven saying, This.
This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Jesus had not died. Jesus had not done any miracle. Jesus had healed no sick. Jesus had healed, no, raised no dead. He hadn't done anything. God is declaring, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased, Timmy. If Jesus had this declaration on his life after the resurrection, it would make a lot of sense. It is you coming back from school with a good report card. It's your daughter coming and with a good report card and you say, ah, this is my beloved daughter in whom I'm well pleased. But that's not what God did to Jesus before any miracle, before he healed the sick, before he raised the dead, before he died on the cross. The Bible says the heavens cracked open with the voice. This is my beloved son. So the acceptance of God is not performance-based. So when I tell you I accepted, you're wondering, what have I done to be accepted? I can't remember the last time I lived well. I can't remember the last time I lived the day without lying. I can't remember the last time I did something right. The acceptance of God is not premised on your character or your behavior. It's premised on his faithfulness. I was teaching on Wednesday and I said to you that the welfare of the sheep is the responsibility of the shepherd. And the faithfulness of the shepherd is not premised on the character or the behavior of the sheep. It was David who told us that. When he said, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He now says, yea, though I walk. So it was not God who led him through the valley of the shadow of death. It was him who walked through the valley of the shadow of death. But yet he declared, I will fear no evil. Because the faithfulness of the shepherd is not premised on the character or the behavior of the sheep. It's premised on the integrity and the character of the shepherd. What I mean to say to you, on your worst days, the devil is still illegal afflicting you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's illegal. On the day you messed up so bad, the devil still has no right to afflict you. No, no, because no, nah, no. Nah. The fact that my daughter offended me does not give my driver the right to rape my daughter. No, 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 no. That's a family matter. Devil, you're not a family man. Get out of my house. Get out of my building. Get out of my ministry. Get out of my health. Get out of my business. This is a family matter. I am in Christ. Somebody shout yes. saying um, the Bible says if you break the edge the serpent won't bite. Job did not know Jesus. Job was not born again. Stop using Job to talk to me. If it is by the edge there will be serpents every church service. It will be corporal by the gate from the pastor to the ushers. If it's by edge and serpent there will be pythons and cobra. Mimi right here from the gates. Right from the bishop, from the prelate to the deacon and the devils in the pew. But it's the grace of God. You want me to put up here what you and I did in the last two weeks? And there will be nobody in this room. So stop that self-righteous looking self of yours like you're the Holy Ghost first cousin. Stop it. It's in Christ that we don't have condemnation. Outside of Christ, oh, we're in trouble. We're in trouble. 
is in Christ that we don't have condemnation. So the acceptance of God is not performance based. That's why we are accepted in the below. Can I preach this to you? Grace takes away the condemnation of sin. Grace takes away the judgment of sin, not the consequences of sin. Yeah. Grace takes away the judgment of sin, the sentence of sin. When the Bible says if, if any, that there is therefore now no condemnation. Condemnation is not a feeling, it's a sentence. I need you to understand. It's not just a feeling, it's a sentence. When you get to the court and say you have been condemned, the, the, see the epistles was written with the mindset of law. A legal term. Paul was an intelligent guy. So when he was talking condemnation, he was not talking about feelings, he was talking about sentence. So condemnation is not a feeling. It's a sentence at the court of law. So grace takes away the judgment of sin, not the consequences of sin. What I mean to say to you, if you hear this message and you go out there and you, you try to rob a bank, you will go to jail. And the jail, whilst you're in the jail, the love of God is still with you. You open prison ministry in the jail. Yes, yeah. you open prison because the blood of Jesus that forgives your fornication does not take away the pregnancy. No, 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 no. So, once you are not condemned in jail, you will start prison ministry. I will come as your pastor, I will pray for you and all because I would love you. Because it is not that your sin that will take you to hell, it is not sin that takes anybody to hell, it is the rejection of Jesus that takes you to hell. For he that believeth not in Jesus is condemned already. The sentence is your disbelieving in Jesus. Accepting Jesus, you are heaven bound. You are going. But you can live a miserable life here on your way to heaven. So you can cheat on your wife. And I haven't cheated on your wife. And she catches you. You will deal with the consequences of a nagging woman for the next four, five years. Maybe till Jesus comes. That is the consequence of the action. So you can rape a young lady and you will still go to jail. God loves you, but you are going to see the consequences of the action. So grace takes away the judgment, not the consequences. Not the consequences. Some of you are living miserable lives. It's not God. It is the consequences of your action. Because in life, you have no control of consequences. You have control of sequences. You have control of sequences, not consequences. Yeah. So I can decide not to brush my mouth for three weeks. That is my decision. But that my mouth will not smell, I don't have control of that one. No, you don't. That's why we're wearing masks. Smell it. Keep it within you. Elamamo, koshata, kudus. Maintain that smell there. So I can decide not to have my bath. I have control of sequence. But the consequences of not having my bath, I don't have control about it. So you can decide to live a careless Christian life. No problem. The consequences thereof, you cannot deal with it. The day you are getting married and somebody comes to destroy your wedding, and this person, that those are consequences. God is not involved in the consequences of, that was a product of your sequences. Don't bring God into that. So when I preach, there's no condemnation. I hope you know I'm talking to God, not man. 
man will condemn you. But you must be able to come freely before the judge of the heavens and the earth. Because, can I show you, the first man who made it to heaven from the cross point was a thief. From the cross, he stood there and said, Jesus, remember me. He didn't say, Jesus, forgive me of my sins. He identified with Jesus. He identified with Jesus on the cross. And Jesus said, today, not tomorrow, you will be with me. Without Bible study, without Titan offering, without single, without any meeting. He's the first guy. Because when the heart man believes with the mouth, confession is made unto Soteria. He said by the cross, I believe in you. So when you sang that song this morning, oh, shut up. Open up this place. Jesus, the son of God, I believe in you. That is the summary of that discussion. Whilst there was another man by the cross saying, if you are the son of God, bring yourself down. Another guy said, ah, perhaps, please, oh, just in case, oh, this thing you are saying is real. Can you remember me today? Just believe. No condemnation. No condemnation. Somebody here, God is saying, forgive yourself. Because I have no record of your sins. <laughs> Hebrew says, your sin, and your iniquities, I will remember no more. I have no record of your sins. You're here. God wants me to tell you, I have no record of your sins. Stop reminding me of your sins. As all-knowing as I am, I have decided to forget your iniquities. Decided. Selected amnesia. I'm not remembering your sins and iniquities because Jesus took it on the cross past, present, and future. This is the gospel that the church doesn't want to preach. Once and for all. So you are not condemned. So stop coming to God feeling a sense of condemnation. Come to him boldly. Boldly. Bold. Have you read Samson's prayer? Samson's prayer. When Samson destroyed the two pillars, he didn't ask God for forgiveness. Look at Samson's prayer. Father, avenge me. You did something wrong. You put your head with Delilah. They scrape you, Apollo. You did defend yourself to God. He was still righteous consciousness. He did not just have a good pastor to teach him how to pray. But he still had to be a shadow of Christ at the cross when he destroyed two pillars. He said, avenge me of my enemies. Truth must be absolute. If it's not absolute, it's not truth. The word of God is absolute. It's hard to preach what I'm There's some way I'm going to, it's hard to say it. But I will say it, you will, if you have problem, come on Wednesday, I will answer it. Samson committed suicide and made it to heaven. What is Samson doing in the hall of fame in Hebrews chapter 11? So suicide does not take anybody to hell. It is the rejection of Jesus that takes anybody to hell. Jesus died for the sin of suicide too. 
So if you kill yourself, you just shortchange your destiny. I've caused problem now. I've caused problem. I will get your messages this week. What is Samson doing in the book of Hebrews? They say Samson by faith. Because he believed God. And it was counted to him. So what takes anybody to hell is the rejection of Because if it is selective, it's no longer truth. One plus one is two in every continent of the world. Do re mi fa sol is do re mi fa sol in China, in Afghanistan, in Pakistan. Why? It is a universal truth. In the same way, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the light. It is universal. It is not selective. It's not subjective. It's absolute. Absolute. This is gospel. The cross. The consequences. You deal with the consequences. That's the consequence. So you, some of you are living miserable life. It's not God. Say God is punishing me. No. It's the consequences. If you jump up from the high mountain, you will break your leg. You will be crippled. Consequences. Don't ask the angels to hold you as you are jumping. Jesus didn't do it. God gave us sense that will not be disturbing him all the time. Because as a pastor, you hear all kinds of calls. Hello, pastor. Who wrote the book of John? I said, John, who wrote the book of John? The book of John, the book of John, the book, the book, the book that John wrote, the book, the book of John. Hey, Jonathan, Mingo. Methuselah. John Wick. The book of John. The book of John. The consequences. 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 You are not condemned. It is your disbelieving in God that condemns you already. You are not condemned. You have cons- the next point of the benefit of sonship. Is that you don't grow into sonship, you are born into sonship. Ah, yeah, yeah. I dealt with this last week. Well, you don't grow into sonship, you are born into sonship. So in Christ, we don't grow from infanthood and you start growing. And you, no, 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 no. You are born into sonship. When you hear sonship in scripture, it doesn't speak of gender, it speaks of inheritance. Eternal. You're born into sonship. So don't let anybody tell you it's because you are just a young believer. You can't come into everything Christ has in store for you. That's a lie. Because the Bible says, unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. So what was given to me is a son, not the child. The child was born in the manger. The son was given on the cross. John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave. His only begotten son. So what was released to you is the son. You cannot be the child. your head, leave your head, leave your head. Plan to finish you today. We'll hear gospel. You'll begin to sing gospel from today. 
You are the son. Why? What was given to you is the son. Prototokos. Prototokos. To, to make a Mercedes Benz and to remember, they will make a prototype and work on it and then run it through pillars, run it through soft to check the airbags to make sure that it is working properly. Once it survives and passes the test, they now make many more like that. Anaka, it was not the child that was the prototype, it was the son. Anako. It was the firstborn. It was not the child that was the prototype. It was the son that was the prototype. So when they made the son and he passed, he passed the test. So he made many sons like the son. So as he is, not like he is. Like means that he can be China version. Is as he is, so are we. Even in this world, if you are here, say, I hear you. Sonship. You don't grow into sonship. So I don't grow. No, I don't need macho. First John 3, verse 1. First John, it says, Behold, what manner of love the Father had bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. Tell your neighbor, I'm a son. I'm entitled to all the blessings of God in Christ. I'm entitled to all the blessings. Hey, I'm not the happy. I'm a son. I'm entitled to all the blessings of God in Christ. So, because as sons, you don't possess your possession. You possess his possession. Let me deal with this Obadiah problem. Timmy has a son, my boy. He cannot possess his possession. He does not have any possession. He possesses Timmy's possession. That is his portion. Obadiah says, upon Mount Zion, there will be deliverance and there will be holiness. We are not looking for deliverance. We are already delivered. We are not looking for holiness because what God required from us, Jesus became for us. So I am already holy. I'm not looking for deliverance. I'm not looking for holiness. I am not the sons of Jacob that are trying to possess their possession. I am the son in Christ and his possession is my possession. Colossians 1 verse 12. Let's do this. Let's do this. Give me five minutes, ten minutes, we will close. Giving thanks unto the Father, which had made us meet to be partakers of the... Enaka, you see this? We are partakers of the... Oh, come on, I can't hear you. We are partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. Who is light? Jesus is the light in Christ. I'm a partaker of the inheritance. Can you have me in the TPT translation? I need to leave your face. Your heart can soar with joy, gratitude, when you think of how God made you worthy to receive the glorious inheritance freely given to us by living in the light in Christ. In. So in Christ, I don't grow into sonship. I'm born into sonship. So every time I come into in Christ realities, I'm not condemned. I'm a son. Two things. Two, uh, there are two other things. I don't have time. Let me try and scratch one. I don't know which one. Holy Ghost. Palata. Egotosh. Palati. Degedisus. Brutu. Vidi. Anamasis. 
Give me Galatians chapter 3 verse 16. In Christ, I am Abraham's seed. Let's end there. Maybe I'll run through it. Now unto Abraham. Watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this. Hey, yeah, this scripture, they do me for God. They work out for my body. They shake me for God. Ay, ay, ay. They totori me, they push me. They wind me. He says, now, to Abraham and his seed, where the promise is made, he said not to seeds as of many, but as of one, and to thy seed, which is Christ. So the child that God promised Abraham was not Isaac, was Jesus. Isaac was a seed, a shadow, a type. Jesus is the seed, Bible. For the scriptures must be substantiated by the epistles. So Jesus is the seed, the child that God promised Abraham. I will give you a son. I will give not be Isaac, not Jesus. The Bible says, In Isaac shall the seed. Isaac is the seed. He says, in Isaac shall the seed. So Isaac came and Isaac was still not the seed. Jesus is the seed of Abraham. The seed of Abraham. So give me verse 27 to 29. When you give me that, you give me in the message and in the New Living Translation. It says, watch this. For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ. This baptism is not water baptism. This baptism is salvation. Salvation is the real baptism. Without salvation, if you go for water baptism, you went in a dry sinner and came in a wet sinner. Salvation is the true baptism. If you have not received Christ and you go to the pool, you just went to swim. Thank God for your swimming exercise. I hope you knew how to move. The thief on the cross was not baptized. Baptism is another religious ritual. I'm causing trouble today. Causing trouble today. So, if you give your life to Christ today and Jesus comes in another one hour before you go to the pool, are you going to heaven? So, what do I need the pool for? I have water in my house. My shower is working. Jesus was baptized under the law. Because he came to fulfill the law. To fulfill all righteousness of the law. For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ, have put on Christ. Period. This is not water baptism. That is a symbol. This is the reality. Give me verse 28. Therefore, there is there, there is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither bond, evil people. There is no longer Osu in Christ. Because some of you are more evil than Christian. There is no Osu in Christ. Tell the King Kana, yo, that is no longer from the Osu clan. There is neither Jew nor Greek. 
There is neither bond nor free. There is neither male or female. We are not feminist or chauvinist in Christ. We are Christ. For ye are one in Christ Jesus. Give me verse 29. And if ye be Christ in Anakofa, let the Ebonana watch this. Then ye are Abraham's seed. Showed you who Abraham's seed is. Jesus is the seed of Abraham. So if you are in Christ, then ye are Abraham's seed and ye are heirs according to the promise. Give me 29 in message, 29 in passion. Message that is, we are all in a common relationship with Jesus Christ. Also, since you are Christ's family, then you are Abraham's famous descendants. So, Abraham had a famous descendant that was promised to him. His name is Jesus. And if you are in Christ, you are now that Abraham. Give me the passion translation. Let's rush this thing and go. Passion. Okay, the New Living Translation. Fantastic. And now that you belong to Christ, you are now the true children. You are now the true children. Because there is a teaching that there is something special about the Jew. You know how pastors go to Israel, Israel to knock head on the wall and pray in the wall. And take where Jesus was baptized. And the Jews feel more special amongst other people. Yes, God has a relationship with them. But guess what? The person that is special is the one in Christ. Hebrews says, we have come to the heavenly Jerusalem. Not the Jerusalem in, his, in Israel. We are connected to the heavenly Jerusalem. There's one thing that puts controversy and unity between all of us is Abraham. The Muslim man feels like he's connected to Abraham. The Buddhist, Abraham. This, Abraham. This scripture sorts it out, makes it clear that if you are in Christ, you are the true child of Abraham. They are fake children of Abraham. So if you are in Christ, you are the seed of Abraham. So therefore, all Abraham's blessings are I can hear you. All the blessings of Abraham are Oh, I can hear you. All the blessings of Abraham are let me end this series today. Give me the fourth point. You in Christ, you are anointed. You are, you are anointed. Let's do this last one, and then we'll close. Then we'll close. I feel something pushing me. Feel something pushing me. Feel something pushing me. Feel something pushing me. You know, I prayed up, prayed up last night. Um, cherish, cherish. I got to the bed. I think about 1:20 a.m. this morning. I was praying. I sent Swartz message. I was praying throughout the night. And I said to the Lord, I need to feel your anointing. I want to feel. And the Spirit of God said to me, shut up. Anointed is not something you feel. Anointing is where you are. And immediately, my body started moving. I felt the hope. Because anointing is not a feeling. That's why we don't sing here. Anointing fall on me. Anointing is no longer falling. Anointing is within you. Anointing is within you. Give me 1 John chapter 2, verse 27. 1 John 2, verse 27. 
Anointing is tell your neighbor, I am anointed. Because Christ is the anointed and all is anointing. That is the meaning of Christ. The anointed and all is anointed. So if you are in Christ, you are in the anointing. I'm coming to you. I will end in the next five minutes. You will go home. No problem. But as you go home, you go with the anointing of God. You go knowing that you are anointed. Anointing means that you become slippery for the enemy. David says, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be? When my enemies and my foes came up, they stumbled and fell. So as you live here, you become slippery for the enemy. When you see those things that pastor says, touch not my anointed, do my prophet no harm. He does not speak of pastors only. You are the anointed of God because Christ lives inside of you. So you carry the anointed and all his anointing within you. We don't sing anointing, follow me. Where is he falling from? He's within me. For the Bible says, But the anointing which ye have received of him abided in you. So, Stocky, on the way to the ministration, stop asking God, release your anointing. He's within you. Uh, is within you. So just go in the anointing. You become slippery. The Bible says they move from one city to another, from one nation to another nation. He suffered no man to do them harm. He rebuked kings for their sakes, saying, touch not my anointed and do 